G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to turn our attention to what we might call the supernatural side of the Christian gospel message. When you share your faith in the form of testimony, Bible truth or a presentation of the gospel, there may be a whole lot more going on than just the transmission of an idea. With a 2,000 year history of the Christian church, we should be quite confident that the good news gospel of humanity being set free from the chains of the sinful nature has really powerful divine appointment. So many can testify that responding to the proclamation of the gospel leads to an encounter with God which is so dynamic that a changed heart leads to a changed life. So what's so different about this proclamation that makes it an entirely different form of communication? Well, our special guest through this coming hour, Stu Miller, is back with us. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. Stu Miller, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Stu, uh, let's start perhaps with some scripture because it might be a scary thought for some in different parts, different denominations uh, to be thinking, oh, we're going to be talking about this supernatural power and our church doesn't do a lot of sort of supernatural type things. Where does this all get its foundation? A conversation like this, what is it that strikes a chord with you when we talk about a supernatural foundation to sharing the gospel? Well, God is a supernatural God, um, and his Holy Spirit is supernatural. He's, uh, he is spirit. He's not human like us, and um, we can't expect um, to see uh, supernatural things happen uh, like uh, the miracle of salvation and other miracles happen without a supernatural uh, being doing that. So, I mean, in the natural we're just, you know, lumps of atoms and flesh and blood. But with uh, God, <laughs> uh, you know, he's supernatural. He can do incredible things and he can answer our prayers. We know the power of prayer. Uh, we know that when someone surrenders to Christ, their whole life's changed. The Bible says we're new creations in Christ. A miracle happens inside of us. So this whole thing, whenever we're talking about reaching people with the gospel and, and becoming a Christian and discipleship, it's all uh, to do with supernatural things. Some people are going to say, oh, hang on a second, though, just sharing thoughts, uh, words, experiences, testimonies, well, that's just something we're forming some words and we're putting them out there. Mm. Uh, real miracles happen when there's some sort of recreative miracles. You know, someone's got healed of some deadly disease or there's been a miraculous provision. Yes. Uh, but when we talk about just sharing the gospel, are we actually talking about the supernatural power of God at work in those conversations? Mm. 
Well, Romans 1.16, of course, says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Now, there's something powerful when someone believes in Christ and puts their faith. I mean, our whole eternity has changed. Our whole lives have changed. We become a new creation. We're, we're set free. Like You sort of think, how can a simple message like the gospel, and I wonder this. I, I've often thought about this simple message of Jesus dying for our sins. Dying on the cross, paying the punishment for the things I've done wrong, rising from the dead to prove he's God and that he's got victory over death and over sin. That's a simple message that we share, but that's the heart of the gospel. And yet lives are being transformed all over the world through this simple message. As it goes out, the Holy Spirit is coming upon people, uh, convicting them of, of guilt, uh, transforming their lives as they believe in Christ and put their faith in Christ. Because, you know, we've got to say, well, how does putting your faith in Christ do anything? Isn't it just you doing it? No, it's a divine thing that's happening inside of you. So divine, in fact, that it may not have even been our choice that we were embraced by God. And sometimes Mm. we think, oh, uh, I responded when there was a message or I responded to a call to salvation. But somehow or other, we think that it's about us. Actually, it may have been God all the time drawing us with those cords of love we often talk about. Yeah, that's the antinomy of the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, isn't it? Where we, we, it's God who draws us. John six sixty five says, "No one comes to the Son unless he's drawn by the Father." And when you look up the Greek uh, word for that uh, word, "no one," uh, this is very, very profound, Neil. It means no one. No, <laughs> <laughs> no one on the face of the planet has ever come to know Jesus without being drawn by God. It's a divine work of the Holy Spirit drawing someone, but. Then there's a responsibility to respond to the gospel, to the call of God on your life, to, to the grace that he's offering you. So there's, there's the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of men, and that's a big topic to talk about. It is, and we might have to save that for another day yes. because uh, otherwise you could say if God is the only one responsible there, then somehow or other we don't have free will. There's a whole big that's right. uh, that's conversation right. around free will, and this is not necessarily that conversation not today, today. Not today. Except to say that it is a supernatural event yes. that you even responded to God in the first instance. And so uh, let's embrace every person listening to our conversation today, knowing that something supernatural has happened. And it may even be, you could venture to say, something supernatural is happening to you right now if you're listening to a conversation like this. Yes. Because we've become so secularized Mm. in our Australian context today that we want to somehow diminish that's supernatural and suggests somehow that uh, there must be some scientific mm. method or it's just a intellectual exercise that you believe. But yes. no, it's a whole lot deeper than that. Yeah, it's interesting. In the, in the world, the, the materialism, uh, atheistic type approaches, well, the, all we are is matter. You know, there is no supernatural realm. There is no God. There is no anything else. And of course, it completely denies that other realm. Uh, within the church, we've got sort of extremes across the denominations where you've got uh, non-charismatic churches, cessationalist churches who don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit today, right through to hyper-Pentecostal churches that everything's about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so and, and there's everything in between. But I think we can all agree as a Christian that there's no way any of us uh, can become a Christian without a divine work of God in our hearts. Now, it's interesting when we think about baptism and communion, like they're just acts, aren't they? Isn't it just putting a bit of bread in your mouth and drinking a little bit of wine or grape juice or whatever you get at church? You'd, you'd, you'd go, but 
all we're doing is doing it in remembrance of Christ. Oh, well, you could just say, oh, hang on, I'm sitting here remembering Christ and what he's done for me. I don't need to take communion. Well, of course you wouldn't do that. It, it, there's a something spiritual, supernatural, divine about taking communion together and remembering Christ. Same with baptism. Is it just going for a swim? <laughs> no. There's a, there's a, is it just a symbolism going under the water? Well, we're not going to get into all the different views on baptism, but the, the reality is there is something special that happens at a baptism because it's not just going for a swim. It's not a physical act. There's a supernatural element to it. And likewise, there is with conversion in our, in our lives in Christ. And it raises a very important point, Stu, because is the power of God, and some people might have this perception, uh, Mm. just there for our entertainment. Mm. Oh, that's another entertaining thing that I've just seen. Oh, Mm. that proves there must be a God. Uh, Entertainment or the purposeful way that God is fulfilling his his uh, will and the ways that he's working out his purposes in this time frame. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Because some people think uh, that if you go along to one of those uh, you know, Pentecostal church and they're off praying for people and people are falling over, and yes, there's people testifying, mm. there's miracles, things like that, that it's like entertainment value. Uh, what mm. are your thoughts here? Well, I mean, sometimes it could be entertaining for people, but I think you know any miracle that happens is a is a serious work of God in someone's life. You know, for if someone is healed, for them it's not just entertaining; it's life changing. <laughs> you know, and I believe in miracles. I believe God's doing miracles today, and I believe that you can experience God. And I'm not afraid of emotions. But at the same time, I think we've got to be very careful that we're grounded in Scripture and we look at, well, why did the Holy Spirit come? I don't believe he, the Holy Spirit came just to give us a buzz on a Sunday morning or, you know, to give us warm, fuzzy feelings, you know. Uh, as great as it is to have an experience with God, uh, the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of guilt, to draw people to an, into the kingdom of God. We know John six sixteen eight says, and when he comes, this is Jesus talking about sending the Holy Spirit, and he says, and when he comes, he shall convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. And that's a divine work. It and is. let's not go away from the scriptures here for a moment. Mm. Uh, one that comes to mind for me, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Yes. It's one of the most popular verses that we'll ever hear. Mm. Uh, but you will receive power yes. when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in mm. Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's something purposeful of mm. God in all of that, but this thought that you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Mm, that word dunamis in the Greek, it's, a, it's that, uh, that like dynamite, it's power. And, it, and I think when you put those two scriptures together, the one that you've quoted and the one I quoted, uh, for a non-Christian, for someone who doesn't know Christ, the role of the Holy Spirit is to convict them of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, judgment. That, that they, they realize they're sinners. Their righteousness is filthy rags. They need the righteousness of Christ. They're, there is a judgment coming. One day they will face God. They will be accountable for their actions. And, of course, the, the, the solution to that, and the Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus, who is the Savior. And as they make him Lord, as they surrender their lives to him, they know forgiveness and, uh, and a transformation, salvation. Uh, that's for the for non-Christian. But for a Christian, it's exactly what you've said. We receive power to go out into all the world, to preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's why the Holy Spirit is there for Christians. Uh, hang on a second, Stu. Uh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure if I've got this power. 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, uh, sometimes we talk about at that moment of our conversion, an encounter with God, mm. the Holy Spirit comes to live within me. That's right. Uh, I may not have been aware of, I may not be someone who's you know intentionally looking for that power to happen, but does that mean that if the Holy Spirit is within me, that the power is already there, latent and ready to happen when I'm actually sharing my faith? Absolutely. Um, every person who's a Christian has the Holy Spirit. You can't become a Christian without God coming in and, and, and dwelling in you. And uh, he does that through his Spirit. Now, there's often times in the book of Acts when they're going around sharing the gospel and it says, and they were filled with the Spirit and they preached or they filled with the Spirit and they prayed and someone was healed or something. So there's obviously some special times of when we're sensing the Holy Spirit come on us and being filled with his Spirit. And uh, But Every believer has the Holy Spirit already in us. Uh, let me just take this a little deeper. Uh, but Stu, I'm a Christian, but I know that there's still some sinful issues I'm dealing with. Mm. I mean, isn't God wanting to deal with those first before I start sharing my faith with others? Mm. Is the same power there when I start to share my faith today, even though my life in some sense might be a bit of a mess? Well, I would say that to anyone thinking like that, I would say if you're going to wait until you're perfect before you go out and share the gospel, the only place you're going to do that is in the grave. Right. <laughs> because none of us, while we're alive here on earth, are perfect. Every single one of us struggle every day with sin. And uh, the great apostle Paul did in Romans chapter 7. He says, I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I do want to do. Therefore, if I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I do want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. You know, it's incredible, isn't it? This this passage where, where you think, he wrote 17 books of the New Testament and he's just like me. He's struggling. He's doing things he shouldn't be doing. He's not doing the things he knows he should be doing. And there's this ongoing battle inside of us with the flesh and the spirit. And... um. I just think, you know, we cannot use uh, things in our life that are that are, are wrong as an excuse not to share the gospel because if we're doing it in a humble way, if we're coming out and saying, hey, I've got it all together, mate, you've got to be like me, you know, like turn to Jesus and, and you can be like me and have it all together, well, I would say don't go out. <laughs> There's but if a, you go, <laughs> a pride versus humility exactly, issue in all of that. Exactly, yes. but if you're going out humbly and saying to people, look, I struggle. You know, every day I struggle. Like we're, we're all in the same boat here, but Jesus is changing my life day after day, and he can change your life too. And if you come out with that humility and with that attitude, then there is no problem. Um, I'm not saying don't don't work on the things in your life. I think we all should be working day by day on, on, on uh, you know, changing and allowing God to change our lives and to, to be become more and more holy. And, um, and, of course, we are holy through Christ, but you know what I mean, change. Uh, there's that old saying that comes to mind, uh, one beggar uh, showing another beggar where to find bread. There's mm. a certain sense in which that humility comes yes. in and we recognize that we are imperfect, yes. incomplete. Uh, yes. Sanctification, sometimes we talk about being made holy, happens mm. before God, mm. is continuing to happen now in my life and will happen eventually in its fullness at a time somewhere into the future. Mm. Hey, one more scripture and we'll get into some discussion about what's happening when we share the gospel. But I can't go past uh, that Great Commission scripture in Matthew chapter 28. And there's mm. a number of verses there. Uh, the Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mm. It brings him into the mission. It's not just about me. It's actually, it's all about him. That's right. Well, it is all about Jesus. Uh, He's the center of the gospel message. He's the one that sent us to preach the gospel, and he's the one that goes with us through his Holy Spirit uh, and does a divine work in people's hearts. So, Absolutely, it's all about Jesus. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316. Stu Miller is our special guest. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. We're talking about the power of the proclamation today, the gospel message. And Stu Miller, if we've got a good news story to tell, that's in response to a bad news story. And sometimes we like to neglect that. But how do you describe the bad news that you've got to address for there to be good news? Well, in the scripture before, we talked about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And really, that, that's bad news for, for someone who's uh, separated from God. It, the fact that sin separates us from God, the things that we've done wrong, we've lied, we've cheated, we've hated, we've stolen, uh, those things uh, fly right in the face of a holy God uh, and are in rebellion to the God who's given us life and breath. Every breath we, we breathe is a gift from God, and yet we've rebelled, we've gone our own way. And uh, we deserve judgment. We need his righteousness. We, we, we cannot have relationship with God. We cannot uh, live forever in heaven with him uh, and be in right place with him without something happening to deal with the sin in our lives. And, of course, the, the bad news is always followed by the good news, which is Jesus. He's the answer to the bad news. But the bad news is we're separated from God and we have no hope and there's nothing we can do about it. And no doubt it's a deep conversation too uh, to talk about sin, the sinful nature, and how God actually deals with that, why God has allowed that to happen in the first place. But he has given to us this free agency, this ability to have a free will. And there is a dark side to humanity. And for people who want to deny that there is a dark side, well, the evidence is pretty well there everywhere you look in the headlines that uh, there is a dark side of humanity, that there is a sinful nature, uh, that it is a selfish nature, that it is a greed-driven nature, Mm. and that is contrary to a godliness. And so the good news in in relation to a dark side. There is Mm. a darkness in humanity, and uh, that darkness is in you. It's darkness in me, darkness in everyone who's listening into our conversation Mm. that has to be met with good news. Mm. Well, when we think of good news, we often think of John 3.16, you know, that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, and uh, and, and even John 3.17, the verse that follows it, you know, God uh, God did not uh, send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. And we think, yay! But then straight after that, it talks about that dark side. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does the wicked things 
hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his words works should be exposed. Whoever does what is true comes to the light that they may be clearly seen that his works has been, have been carried out in God. So there's a natural part of us, Neil, that we don't want to be exposed. We, we you know, we, we, there's darkness in us, and we would rather stay in darkness than come into the light and be exposed. But the the uh, you know. <laughs> It's like honesty. The only way of fixing lies is to be honest. And the only way of fixing the darkness is to come to the light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It goes even deeper than that, doesn't it? Because we can talk about being the walking dead and those who then come to life. Uh, Mm. He who has the Son has Has life. life. Mm. He who has not the Son of God has not life. So you've got this Mm. deadness of humanity, and life comes through the life-giving presence of Jesus himself. Mm. Uh, Sometimes we neglect that really stark difference, being Mm. dead and being alive, and this is a very real part of who we are as Christian believers, alive to Mm. God. Absolutely, and it's a very important part of the gospel message. You know, the gospel isn't just that we're sinners, that that we're in trouble, and Jesus has come and He saved us by dying on the cross for us. That's the uh, that's the bad news, the good news. There's something else that has to follow in the in the gospel, and that's the response to what Jesus has done to us uh, for us. And that response is what what you're talking about there. We've got to actually um, uh, give our lives over to Christ. We've got to make a decision to lay down our lives. Life comes through death. (laughs) Jesus' death on the cross, but also, you know, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there is no life without death. You know, if we want to live, we've got to lay down our lives and surrender to Jesus, uh, become a new creation in him. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The imagery in the baptism is uh, going into the waters, a symbolic way of looking at dying Mm. and then coming out of the water and dripping wet, but you are alive. And uh, that, of course... Symbolic of Jesus in the tomb and on the third day he's raised and then walks in resurrection life. So this resurrection life that we live Mm. is going through this understanding of what it is to die to your old self and come alive to Christ. And, of course, these are not just ideas. This is something that has been the experience of Mm. believers down through 2,000 years' history of the church. So Mm. as we sit here... Uh, In 2022, Stu Miller, uh, reflecting on these things, these are not new thoughts we're having. We're actually looking at the evidence of 2,000 years of new creations. Yeah, and that's uh, 2,000 years of a supernatural work of of God in people's hearts and in their lives, transforming them into new creations. This is an amazing thing that's happening, and this is why this is all supernatural, and that's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We cannot rely on ourselves. I can talk to someone until I'm blue in the face. I can have all the best apologetics and all the best answers and answer all their questions, but unless God touches their heart and touches their life, unless there's a willingness on their part, uh, nothing's going to happen at all. Uh, it's a divine work of God in their lives. Right. Now, for a lot of people right now, it's sort of morning tea time. Uh, some are contemplating an early lunch. Uh, that, <laughs> that sounds like a great idea to me. We're going to be getting together with friends and mm-hmm. family today. 
Somewhere in our conversations today are going to be some conversations that might be about spiritual things, that might be a reflection of a Bible understanding of life. It might be to do with what your local church is doing. It might be with your neighbours. It could be with family. Something's going to happen in conversation. So what I think we're getting at today, and I'll get your thoughts here, Stu, but Mm -hmm. in this regular, ordinary situations of our lives, Mm. the presence of God is at work in the conversations we have. Mm. We sometimes deny that, or we sometimes are ignorant of that, but give us your impressions here about what Mm. happens in the day-to-day, ordinary situations of our lives Mm. where the presence of God is at work. Mm. Well, I think that we can often go to two extremes on this. I think there's there's some Christians who about sharing the gospel is always all about a tool or a technique or a way of doing it, and you've got to go A B C D E F. You've got all the elements of the gospel, and boom, you've done the job. Uh, and there's no openness to the Holy Spirit leading at all. And then there's others that it's all about. I don't do anything until I'm led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And I think there's probably a middle ground there that's probably the way to go, being obedient to what God's called us to do, but, you know, learning the best tools and techniques that we can. And I'm, I'm a big fan of tools. I've got the, the G7 app that I encourage yep. people to download and use because it's a great way of starting the conversation and then c- communicating a clear gospel presentation. But ultimately, we do want to be led by the Holy Spirit and we want to be open to what he, he um, uh, is leading us. Now, I will throw this one disclaimer in. <laughs> Neil, um, I've had many times when I've gone out to share the gospel and I've seen someone and I haven't felt any leading at all to go to them, you know, because I pray, I say, God, lead me to the right people. But sometimes I just feel nothing. And I've had many times where I've approached someone and they've said something like this to me. They've said, I was sitting here like literally thinking about whether there was a God. And I, I just said, God, if you're there, show me. And then you walked up to me. You know, I've had these encounters, like divine encounters, and I'm thinking, why didn't I feel led? <laughs> and then there's other times when I felt led strongly to a person and they, on the outward appearance, nothing seems to happen. I was expecting something spectacular, you know, but I don't know what's going on underneath the surface. And I just sort of think, I, I think we've got to walk in obedience, share the gospel whenever we can, and but also be open to those leadings of the Holy Spirit and, and what he does. So it's not about what you're feeling. Mm. There's something bigger, deeper, more divine that's yes. happening in those conversations. Just a couple of minutes out from news, let's take a call. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Yes, g'day, g'day. Yes, uh, yes so much agreeing with that thing about the obedience. I, I think there's... For me, there's a few verses I apply. It says, he who wins souls is wise. So uh, I, was, I found a book and had that verse on the front cover. And I, I thought, I'm just going to put some washing on it because I was in a, living in a caravan park in a cabin at the time. And I thought, I'll, I'll go and put some washing on, come back and start reading it. But straight after reading that verse, I walked up to the uh, laundry section and somebody wanted to know the gospel. So, uh, I mean, I can't remember how the conversation all started, but we went there and I thought, well, this is a great thing. But I, I pray in advance. I pray, Lord, help me to meet the needs of the people that I meet. Mm. And, and so that gives me a bit of an advantage because it's always, it's always obedience, but it's also timing. Mm. Like, uh, the, uh, speaking, it, the timing there, when God sets something up and he puts you in that position, uh, it's just amazing. I've got a friend next door who I've, just, I've had to relocate my house while they repair a roof. And he's, uh, he thought he had a bed sore, but he ended up finding out that he's... Um, got a broken hip. Uh, I'm going to invite him, David, uh, George McCarroll from the Little River Band, uh, sharing his testimony and songs and 
different things that the uh, 21st chaplaincy do at the bocce. So I'm going to go next door and invite him. And I, I was going to do it yesterday. I felt inspired. But then I thought, no, it's too late. The timing's important. He's going to be wanting to be up, not in bed, trying to comfort his hip. And I appreciate your prayers on this. Because James, everybody, your obedience, um, God's timing, and yes, when there's people who are sharing a testimony, and uh, you know, George is a wonderful exponent, uh, shares the gospel. He has his own really powerful testimony to tell. I've got to cut you short because we're about to go to news. But James in Kyabram, thank you so much for your call. Stu, before we move on, we're just talking through the news there and great to hear from James just mm. before the news because there's a lot more happening in James's story than, than what might be obvious. Mm. Uh, he's talking about obedience to God mm. and uh, the timing that comes in all of that and then what goes beyond. What were your thoughts about James and him sharing his story? Yeah, I love the fact that he's thinking about obedience to God. He's not waiting to be led by the Holy Spirit, but he knows that he's praying for opportunities. He's asking for them. And I think that's a key thing. Are we focused? Are we ready? Are we Have we got our blinkers on or do we actually see the opportunities around us that, that the Holy Spirit may be leading us to? And so he's stepping out in obedience and uh, talking with this this man uh, inviting him along to a gospel meeting. You know, all these things are lining up, uh, and it's amazing how things line up when God's in it. Um, but we've got to be willing, we've got to be focused, we've got to be ready, uh, looking for the opportunities, but not necessarily always just sitting around waiting for the leading of the Holy Spirit to say, come on, Stu, go and, go and talk to that person. Just being ready and engaged. When things line up, and it just seems to work like clockwork. Mm. Uh, you're realizing at that point that there is something, a greater power. That's the right. divine hand mm. of God mm. is at work in the life of the person that you've been talking to. And right. uh, you might not have realized that God loves them that much, that he's mm. drawing them. There's a certain sense in which when things line up, that is in itself miraculous testimony of how God works. Mm. Absolutely. There's a miracle happening right there before a, a miracle in their hearts and lives. Um, double miracle if they if they surrender to Christ. <laughs> obedience, one of those things that James was sharing and mm. uh, saying obedience is important. Uh, obedience isn't necessarily governed by our emotional desire or some sort of feeling of ecstasy or this is the moment that I feel like I'm spiritual enough to share good news about Jesus. Uh, obedience might even be when you're actually at the bottom of the barrel and not feeling real good at all. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, like I was saying before, there's many times I've been out and I haven't really felt all that great or haven't really even felt compassion for people. But I find that as I go out and share the gospel, that's when I get the compassion, when I'm talking with people and engaging with them. And, and that's when I sense the Holy Spirit at work, but not necessarily beforehand. I'm not feeling that leading, but at the time I'm thinking, wow, this is a divine moment. And sometimes people are surrendering to Christ and you're thinking, wow, God, you, you jacked all this up. You, you had to organize for them to be this, here at this, this moment, for me to be here at this moment. You had to, to, to organize a whole lot of events in their lives to soften their heart towards the gospel. I planted that divine seed of the gospel in their, in their heart and boom, Look what's happened. And uh, you don't see it all, the tapestry of, of uh, all the things that take place, but God's behind the scenes pulling all the strings. Divine appointments. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation today. Mm. Let's take a caller from South Australia. Hello. Welcome along. Hello. I, I love that verse in Acts 5. 
20:29 enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to to heal and perform miraculous signs mm. and wonders and i think it's god who stretches out his hands and we speak what a wonderful insight Stu yeah absolutely and uh, again we see uh, the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man in there don't we we see God uh, through his Holy Spirit doing miracles but a willingness of his people to say yes Lord here I am send me and uh, that's the obedience and the Holy Spirit at the same time Thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Talk about obedience and uh, those sorts of things where we don't necessarily feel like uh, we're doing this or even we might even feel discouraged. We might feel not so bold. We might not feel confident in what we've got to say, but we put ourselves out there anyway. Mm. Uh, let's talk about servanthood and how that might look in practice mm. and bring this back to you to the day-to-day activity of our lives. So it's right where the rubber hits the road in our lives, not mm. just some sort of airy-fairy, uh, wonderful, incredible story that happened sometime in history, but yeah. this can happen today in our own lives. Absolutely. And and James was talking about this as well. He was saying, I like to to do things for people, some good good works for people, you know, serve them in some way, meet some sort of need. And then when the gospel goes out, you know, those two things are going hand in hand. And I think that's the words of the gospel and the works of the gospel working together. And that's a powerful thing to be able to do. But uh, when we serve, we're, we're humbling ourselves. Again, we're not saying, hey, I've got it all together. You should be doing something for me. It's like Jesus, you know, got the towel out and he, he got the bowl of water and he bent down and he washed his disciples' feet. He said, he said if you want to be a great leader, you need to be a servant of them all. And uh, it's the same with our evangelism. If we, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very strong on this. I think if we if we come in an arrogant sort of way, I've got all the answers. You need to listen to me. Um, you need Jesus. Uh, nobody's going to listen to you. But if you come in humility and, uh, uh, you know. Uh, like one bigger showing another bigger how to get food, like you talked about before, Neil. Uh, that spirit, uh, people appreciate it, and they they know that your heart is uh, you're doing it out of a heart of love, and that you're not doing it in an arrogant way, and they respond to that. Taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Bernadette in Kingston, South Australia. Hi, Bernadette. Are you with us, Bernadette? Uh, Bernadette, you might need to call us back on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Uh, lots of good conversations in the New Testament. I'm just thinking of the one, uh, the woman at the well, uh, mm. John chapter 4. Mm. Uh, Jesus actually there in a conversation and amazing stuff is happening. Now you think, oh, well, that's Jesus in a conversation. Could that happen for me as well? Mm. There's some really good lessons to learn in that conversation with the woman at the well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, John chapter 4, he starts off by saying to her, give me a drink. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and she's amazed. You sort of think, oh, well, that's not anything that profound, saying give me a drink. Didn't even say please, Neil. Uh, yeah, I don't think there is right. a please in the in the Hebrew. I'm not sure, but I'm sure he did it in a very polite way. But uh, when we read it, it looks like give me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, but she's amazed. She's like, well, Jewish men don't talk to women. 
uh, str- you know, strangers, uh, you know, that are women, and they don't talk to Samaritans. And I'm a, a Samaritan and a woman, and you've just talked to me, and not only talked to me, you've asked me for something. So in a sense where you've humbled yourself before me, you've put me in the position of power where I can give you a drink or not. And for a man to do that with a woman, uh, you know, a Samaritan woman, she's just flabbergasted. She's like, wow. But again, it's that humility that, that's, uh, you know, uh, the starting point with Jesus, and it starts this amazing conversation. Jesus, the conversationalist, uh, there's so many wonderful lessons to learn, and mm. this one is one of them. And mm. uh, and you know what, as you say, didn't start off so polite, yes. the way we think of being polite, but that's all right. We're not necessarily mm. nice, yes. uh, but good. And he had an intention, and uh, yes. perhaps if he was being too nice, that might have come across as flirting or something like that. I don't know sure. what happened in that first century <laughs> culture, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, yeah. woman, get me a drink. Uh, yes. But the conversational ways of entering into something that might be a spiritual exercise mm. uh, with another person. That is powerful. Mm, absolutely. And, of course, from there, you know, he, he reveals that he knows a whole lot of stuff about her life, you know, and that's a prophetic uh, word. Of course, Jesus knows everything, So, but he reveals that, and she says, I perceive you're a prophet. Now, um, there are some people who, you know, move powerfully by the Holy Spirit, and they know things. Uh, and we're moving the prophetic. Now, we were at the Mind Body Spirit Festival uh, this year, and I had a. That's the new agey sort of one. Yeah, that's uh, right. All sorts yep. of uh, you know, weird Eastern religions and uh, yeah, strange stuff. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be there again in September, it's 11th to uh, 9th to the 11th of, of September. We're going to be at the. We're going to have a stall sharing the gospel. It's called Afterlife, our stall. Last time it was called Hope. It's a great opportunity to share the gospel with people. But anyway, I had a lady come along. I shared the G7 with her, took her through the gospel presentation, and she said, I have to tell you about the story. Yesterday, I was at a train station, and a man came up to me. I didn't know him, and he said he was a Christian and that God had spoken to him and given him a word uh, about me. And she went, okay. <laughs> and um, and he, and he, yeah, a bit spooky. And he said, so he told me this message from God. And I said, well, was it accurate? And she said, it was very accurate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I said, that was yesterday. And today you've come along to this New Age Festival and you've met me and I've taken you through the gospel. So yesterday God has shown you that he loves you and he's got a personal message for you and he's shown that he's real. And today I've shown you how you can get right with God through surrendering to Jesus, to turning your life around. And so it was an amazing encounter there where, you know, I, be honest, Neil, I I don't get messages for people very often at all. It's a, it's a very much a rarity. Like, you know, I, I don't, um, some people seem to, but I don't. Um, but I know the gospel's powerful, so that's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> but if you are someone listening and you do get messages from God, then that can be a powerful thing that you can do. And and I know that that worked in hand in hand with that person that we were sharing with at the, the festival. And, and, you know, from time to time, we'll have a conversation about how you can have safeguards mm. for that. Because, sure. yes, there are some things that can go wrong when you're getting right. a message from God. I've heard from God. I'm going to tell you. Sometimes that can go astray and you've got to be cautious when you, you are the recipient. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's got to be some things uh, in your understanding when you are that person who is gifted that way. Mm. Hey, we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. I think we've got Bernadette back with us. Bernadette in Kingston, South Australia. Hi, Hi Neil. Hi, Neil. How are you? Very well, Bernadette. What are your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to share about... I I do pray for opportunities to share the gospel, 
and I had an amazing encounter yesterday with someone. Um, I just saw this young man and I just asked how it was going and he said, I need a hug. I never met this young man before and I gave him a hug and, and I just, I said, can I pray for you? And I just prayed about for Jesus to comfort him, strengthen him, that he would feel the love of Jesus. And, and I asked him if he wanted to know Jesus. He said, not right now. But he, he really said, I really appreciate the hug. And um, I gave him a tract and he said, we'll never know how much that meant to me today. Wow. wow. So, so I, I just thought, you know, he just said, I just want a hug. And I gave him two hugs and told him how much Jesus loved him. So it's, I just pray for divine appointments every day for the Lord to shine who, who needs Jesus in their heart. And I just share, give tracts out to people. I listen to the um, the Baptist minister who was giving tracts out. So I, I got some tracts and I give those out to people and share Jesus. Yeah, I just. I just pray for Jesus' love and he just t- touches people. Wonderful. I mean, there's that old saying, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And if it's a simple thing like a hug on a day that actually is meeting a need, we all need to have that sort of touch, don't we? And uh, that gets us into trouble at times. But uh, there's that touch that's necessary. I also, I also heard that there'd been someone had died, like had, had an accident in a bank manager and, and had died and it affected the community and I don't know whether that was that affected that man. So I was just mm. praying for the community after that because you just don't know where these things are happening in the, mm. the ripple effect. So I was just praying for the community and what has affected that man. So mm. and I'm just continuing to lift him up. Wonderful so, yeah. Bernadette. Stu, what are your thoughts for Bernadette? I just think it's wonderful, Bernadette, that you are praying for divine opportunities every day. Now if we could Every one of us, you know, say, get up in the morning and say, Lord, give me a divine opportunity today and have our our eyes open, our focus ready, not have the blinkers on, not rushing through our day so much that we never have that opportunity. We don't see the opportunities that are around us. Um, we might be surprised at just how many times we have a, uh, a woman at the well moment or, a, a you know, giving a guy a hug uh, moment like you've had there where you can really impact someone's life uh, through the name of Jesus. Bernadette, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Just before we take another call, uh, the thought of hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have seen some YouTube clips, uh, you know, these people who stand on the street and give free hugs. Free hugs. Actually, there's a lot of people around who need a hug. Mm-hmm. I know that in my uh, local church, uh, when there's been some flood recoveries and things like that, they've been a team, have set up mm-hmm. a tent and, and they've done hand massages because mm. it's sort of human touch mm. when you're going through crisis times there's yeah. something very powerful in that human touch and that of course creates opportunities for encouragement and the sharing of the gospel mm. hey we're taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's take another one bruce is in maruya in new south wales hi bruce hey very good bruce what are your thoughts um I just want to agree on a couple of things. One is you've got to take every opportunity you get as a Christian, but I would like to encourage all Christians to listen to what's being said to them mm. because a lot of people say things, open the door for you, and a lot of Christians don't see that and they keep going on with something else. 
You're not ready for the cue when it's there. And uh, that would be a Holy Spirit prompting that comes not only from the person who's inquiring, but Mm. also the person who, you know, the Christian believer who might not be ready. Stu Miller, what are your thoughts for Bruce? Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right, Bruce. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You've got to pray in the morning that the Lord will give you a leading through the day. And as you go out through the day, you never know who you're going to talk to. Mm. And mm. there's times you'll share something and they'll come back to you later. They might mm. know you in a small town and they've come back and said, you don't know what you did for me the other day, you know. Mm. Mm. And I like what you said, Bruce, about listening, because we've got two ears and one mouth and we often, you know, uh, are so busy talking that we're not hearing what the other person's saying. And, and Jesus was a master. I mean, even at the, the woman in the well, he's listening to what she's saying and then he's building from there uh, what he's wanting to communicate. And um, I think you're right. I think people open up opportunities. And, and a, a great question that I like to ask when I hear someone say something, I say, what, do you, what did you mean by that? And just get them talking about it. You know, they might say, oh, well, you know, all the religions are the same or something like that. And I say, oh, well, that's an interesting thing you've just said. What what did you mean by that? So rather than coming in and saying, no, they're not, you know, and, and giving my apologetic on how the religions aren't the same, what did you mean by that? Let them start to bring it out and then say, where did you get that idea from? You know, start to ask questions of them. And the more you listen, the more they tend to tie themselves in knots because there's no logical framework for what they're saying and then it opens because of the law of reciprocation they normally say well what do you think and then you have this beautiful opportunity they've invited you into that conversation and to share your thoughts so i think listening is a powerful tool and i'm glad you brought it up bruce bruce thank you so much for your call we'll probably need to put a line under calls running short of time and uh, i'm just about to throw a spanner in the works here because mm-hmm. this might be a conversation for another day but sure this same way that the Holy Spirit is at work in the process of evangelism, Mm. uh, reaching out to people who don't know Christ, I wonder if this same Spirit is at work in our discipleship and our relational uh, interactions in our church experience, the way that we gather together as the body of Christ, Mm. that when we gather together, it's not just a bunch of people getting together in some sort of secularized uh, mind uh, game, but Mm. there's the presence of God in the midst of the believers. And Mm. so this same spirit who's at work in bringing those non-believers to uh, salvation is actually at work in the discipleship of the believer. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, that scripture comes to mind when two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, you know, and he's not physically here, but he's here by his Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, we talked about at the beginning of this, um, this segment today about for the, whole, for the Holy Spirit, for the non-Christian, is convicting them of guilt, uh, drawing them to, to, um, to God. Uh, but for a Christian, you know, it's his presence is going with us, and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. It's all part of our discipleship. It's meeting together. Uh, it's going out with the gospel. He promises to be with us as we're about our Father's business. And, of course, Jesus said, uh, better that I go away because I'm going to be sending to you a comforter. Yes. And uh, he's going to lead the people into truth. Mm. And uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, mission that we are a part of and mm. the way that he leads us in that mission according mm. to his purposes. Hey, Stu, oftentimes we like to talk about some of the fabulous 
free resources mm. that are available on the traintoproclaim.com website. Uh, the G7 app, of course, mm. there'll be a, a link there. Um, you know, how's the take-up of the G7? Because these days you're not just Australia and New Zealand, but you've got this wonderful outreach going on in India. Yes. How's the G7 being taken up around the world? Yeah, well, it's in 16 languages now, which is amazing. Wow. Um, eight of those are Indian languages, so it's really flying in India. Uh, amazing stuff happening there. We've just seen you know, over 9,000 people give their lives to Christ in, in India wow. this year, which is um, just staggering. Just staggering numbers of people. There's been 1,200 people trained with the G7 how to use it. Uh, you know, uh, absolutely going. I'd love it to be going as, as hot in Australia, Neil, as it is in, in, in India. And uh, we can. We can rise up and do this. And, and we talked a lot today, Neil, about praying for opportunities. But I think many Christians don't pray for opportunities because they think, well, what do I say? If I do get an opportunity, you know, I get all tongue-tied and I don't know what to communicate. That's the wonderful thing about this app. Now, not only does it show you what to say, but it actually helps you create those opportunities. You can go to another level above praying for opportunities and say, Lord, help me to create opportunities today to share your gospel. Because the app is a beautiful way of just saying, hey, mate, have you seen this before? You know, it's something we're doing with our church as a new app. Oh, okay, what is it? You know, and away you go. It's a very easy way of starting a conversation with someone and a great way of communicating the gospel. So I'd encourage you, if you're listening and you're keen on sharing the gospel, Get a, get a hold of the app. And there's some wonderful evangelism study materials can be used in small groups. You mm-hmm. might be looking to extend your small group and uh, thinking, what are we going to use? We're looking yep. for some new uh, detail, new materials yes. uh, available there on the train2proclaim.com website. That's right. Yep, free. Yep, free. Everything's free. What's the catch? No, there's no catch. We just want <laughs> people to hear the gospel. And Stu, uh, of course, I'll often say uh, you're available to travel. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got some travel plans internationally coming up, but uh, for people who say, well, I'd love to have a Stu Miller uh, come and be an evangelism mm-hmm. uh, trainer, a seminar, or whatever those sorts of things that you're doing, I'm sure that can all be tailored to everyone's needs. Mm-hmm. You're available to travel if someone wants yes, you. Yes, absolutely. And if you're listening from Melbourne, then I'll be in Melbourne in October. So we may be able to work something out. If you're looking for a, a training event, you can get a group of people together to learn how to share the gospel. We may be able to work it in with that trip. Uh, you can connect with Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim, at traintoproclaim.com. Stu Miller, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.